Hello, my name is Inigo Montoya. You downvoted my Instagram comment. Prepare to die. Self-defense. Self-awareness. Self-development. This is the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. Hello and welcome to the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. The Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore is a production of philelmore.com and themartialist.net. I am the aforementioned Phil Elmore, your host. Let's see how many times I can say my name in the intro. <laughs> Today, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, I am reminded of how absurd it is that grown men get on the internet and lose their minds over the tiniest of perceived slights. In this case, in reaction to them being the ones who are doing the slighting, I will explain. Uh, I found myself on Instagram uh, looking at a comment the other night. It was a comment from someone I'd never seen before, someone who doesn't follow me and I don't follow him. I don't know his name because he doesn't seem to use his real name anywhere, and it's not important because if I did know his real name, I wouldn't mention it here. But let's call him Hema Dork. And Hema Dork is a guy who uh, does historical European martial arts. That's where the H-E-M-A, or Hema, that's where that comes from. I have many friends who do historical European martial arts. Um, I I'm aware of what they do. I like what they do. I don't have any issues with it. But be honest. Now, <clears throat> no matter what martial tradition you claim for yourself... For instance, I have a tendency towards knife cults, um, things like Libre and Piper and organizations like that. No matter what culture you lay claim to, there are people in your culture, they're a little off. There's something a little bit wrong with them. And that's true of any culture that any human being engages in. For example, <clears throat> excuse me, gun culture. Many, many years ago, um, this was a really long time ago, when I was first sort of becoming aware of firearms rights and, and political activism around firearms rights. There was a, an editorial cartoonist, I think he was a cartoonist for one of the local Rochester, New York papers, but he, he posted a cartoon that showed the perception and the reality of gun ownership. And the perception was a responsible father teaching his son how to fire a twenty-two. The reality, according to this editorial cartoonist, was a gun nut, you know, shooting into the air and just basically being a militia nut job. Somebody else wrote into the editorial department and did a little photocopy magic on the uh, cartoon, and they, they took the crazy guy and shrank him down really small, and they took the responsible father and his son and blew them up really large, put the two together, and wrote as a caption, a matter of proportion. So it's a fact that, <clears throat> excuse me, got a frog in my throat, ribbit. Um, it's a fact that every culture has some people in it. Nah, they're a little wrong. And if you do historical European martial arts, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. When I tell you there are people among you who are mustache-twirling douchebags. There are people who dress like the six-fingered man from The Princess Bride. There are people who walk around with sticks up their butts, who take themselves way too seriously, and who might even have some Renaissance Fair affectations. Years ago, all of my stories start with years ago. Have I not done anything recently? Years ago, I went to the Renaissance Fair because that's something I enjoy doing. But I'll tell you right now, I don't enjoy participating in the Renaissance Fair. I want to go and observe, and I want those people to leave me out of it. And on those rare occasions when they've tried to engage me, I've made it pretty clear, no thanks, not having any. And usually they respect that when they pick up on it, but 
you know, you'll, you'll get somebody over once in a while. Like, don't ever, the guy in the, in the stocks who you pay to throw the tomatoes at, don't even try to engage with him. It's not worth it. So I go to the Renaissance Fair, and I'm waiting in the long line for tickets, very overpriced tickets. And the girl in front of me is, the one behind the counter, is talking to the people in line directly in front of me. And it's clear they know each other. And she's like, oh, and Stephen's car was blocking mine, and I couldn't get a hold of him to get him to move it. And I was almost late for work. And she's going on and on and on. Finally, they get their tickets, and they move on. And I get up to the window, and all of a sudden, she's like, hello, my lord, how may I help thee? And I'm like, no, no, no. You've already, let's, just, let's not start with that. And that Renaissance Fair affectation, that pretending to be something you're not, it's definitely the case that there are some people in HEMA that do that. And I'm not saying that I'm exempt from, from criticism for affectations, because like I said, every culture you're in, you know, the, the, the online tactical knife guy culture has its own share of weirdos. I'm not saying that it doesn't. But in this case, we're going to spotlight the HEMA dorks for very good reason. So... I've been posting reels on Instagram, and I've noticed that because uh, Instagram is trying very hard to compete with TikTok, and the the point of these short attention span video platforms is that you are served up videos from people you don't necessarily follow. You're served things that will possibly interest you based on the, the vagaries of the algorithm, whatever's in the guts of the machine. And yes, it's an engine for addiction. It's meant to give you quick hits of entertainment that you find irresistible to keep you engaged so that they can eventually serve you advertising. You know, the, the sinister secret behind all these engines of addiction is just to sell you stuff. So, you know, I mean, I guess theoretically TikTok is owned by the communist Chinese and they're, I don't know, purloining your your information. And I, like, I don't know what my facial recognition data is going to get for you if you're the communist Chinese. Like, we've got all of Elmore's information. <laughs> I don't know what that accent was. It wasn't any sort of accent, just generic evil guy. Anyway, so I, I've been posting reels and some of them have been going not viral because I'm not getting, you know, huge numbers of views, but like my channel is very small and nobody knows it exists. The same is true of the YouTube channel where you may be watching this video if you're watching it instead of listening to it on the podcast platform of your choice. I have a very small audience. It's almost non-existent. So when I get a reel that gets like 6,000 views, that means that the algorithm picked it up and served it to people who aren't following me because I don't have 6,000 followers. So nowhere near it. <laughs> so this is a good thing and a bad thing. And this is the point that I'm making. Because the stuff you put out there is getting served to an audience that you don't necessarily know and don't follow and haven't made connections with. But the downside is <clears throat> you'll get random weirdos posting on your stuff. And that brings me to the topic of our podcast. So uh, Scott Babb of Libre Fighting, he's, he's the guy behind Libre Fighting. And Libre is what I would call a knife cult. I don't use that as a negative term. That is my term for all of these organizations. Libre Fighting, Piper, the Piper Knife System, uh, and any other system that is a practical, modern, I wouldn't call it a modern martial art, although that's technically what it is. All of these systems that are self-defense in nature, you could even call World War II combatives and the folks that do that, they are like a combatives cult in the the most objective sense of the term rather than any kind of pejorative because I realize cult has some baggage and I'm not trying to invoke that. What you've got are people who are just interested in the mechanics of how do I deliver force to another person to stop them from mugging me, raping me, murdering me, 
uh, and they're only interested in the practicality of it. Whatever works is fine. There's no tradition involved. They're not following a tradition. And typically, where you see the clash between sort of classical martial arts and modern martial arts, and where you see some of the snobbery come in, has to do with, like, traditional Japanese martial arts. At one time, the traditional Japanese martial arts were... They were the founders of the feast. They were the they were the big boys at the at the big kids table, and you know anything else that came along had to first contend with them. You know because the first martial arts to come to the United States and gain prominence were Japanese martial arts, typically brought to the United States after World War II by people who served overseas. Now I'm not saying that was the only source of martial arts. I'm saying primarily that's where we started to get things like karate and we started to become aware of things like judo. Uh, although judo is its own special story, but you know what I mean. <clears throat> so, this was what Bruce Lee was going on about when he wrote that famous essay, which I think was called Liberate Yourself from Classical Karate or something like that. Um, and he was trying to make the point that we should innovate and keep doing new things rather than being tied to tradition. On the other side of that are people who are very, very traditional in nature. And they think that there is a larger purpose, a greater purpose being served by devotion to a tradition to some sort of martial tradition that has deep roots. And if you're if you're not doing, I mean, sometimes it's a spiritual thing, sometimes it's about honor, sometimes it's the idea that because this martial art was done this way traditionally, it must not be changed because the old ways are what worked and they're proven through the passage of history because if some Japanese samurai used this to throw a peasant over his saddle horn, then it must mean that this stuff is what you do now. You know, there's, there's any number of ways to look at that. And I don't just mean Japanese martial arts. This is, this is the attitude of all traditional martial arts versus all modern martial systems. Where do I fall on this? Well, I'm definitely not a traditionalist, even though I have trained in and enjoy a lot of traditional martial arts. Uh, Wing Chun is one great example. As I've gotten older, I found myself drawn back to Wing Chun, and I've sort of been independently studying it on my own based on my early experiences with Wing Chun before I moved on to a different martial system. And uh, there's a lot to be said for, there's fun, there's learning, there's knowledge in traditional systems. But then when it comes to practical self-defense, there's a lot to be said for just stripping away all that nonsense, all the trappings, <clears throat> and just going for what is gonna be most effective, most efficient, most pragmatic. Um, and then you get people who, when it comes to tradition, it's more about their ego investment. It's more about their picture of themselves, how they see themselves. And that brings me to the Hema dork. So I had posted a reel, uh, you know, I usually post about knife stuff. That's my primary area of interest. And the, the topic of Scott Babb came up and Libre Fighting. Uh, somebody who follows me commented and left some links to some really cool YouTube videos, which I watched. And then some random, the random Hema dork, posts something like lol uh, libre is bs and i looked at his profile because i'm like is this somebody who follows me so i look i see it's somebody who doesn't follow me and i further see that he's a historical european martial arts dork and i mean he's it's the six-fingered man from the princess bride up and down you know the, the kind of guy if you i swear to god this guy has mustache wax in his house and you die of secondhand cringe if you had to experience this guy's videos for very long. Some of them were kind of cool. Some of them were him at a shooting range uh, firing some pretty impressive uh, hardware. 
but most of it was just lame. Like, there was a lot of videos of people fencing with the piercing scream of a body alarm going off in the background. I'm assuming that has something to do with the with the fencing gear. I'm like, you know what this video needs is a shriller, more ear-shattering scream happening for the duration of the entire video. But I could tell, okay, I'm dealing with a guy who's deeply invested in traditional European recreation martial arts. The, the thing about historical European martial arts is a lot of what they're doing it's a lot of it is rooted in fact, but there's some conjecture sort of salted into the mix. Uh, and it kind of reminds me of Wicca to some degree. Now, bear with me. I'm, I'm making a point here. When Gerald Gardner came along and basically invented the neo-pagan religion of Wicca, he said, hey, everybody, I'm a member of an unbroken tradition of witchcraft that goes back to before Christian times. And I have this body of knowledge that I would like to share and would you like to share it with me? And it took off, and Wicca has been a thing ever since. There's certainly an element of recreation there. Whether or not it does tie back to anything in history, and I don't know the answer to that. Gerald Gardner would be the only person who could tell us that, um, and I'm sure he's long dead. Uh, but anyway, regardless of whether it does tie back to history, even if he was approaching this with the most bona fide of bona fides, there's got to be an element of recreation. And a lot of uh, historical martial arts that are sort of purported to be revivals of ancient martial arts, there is definitely an element of recreation to them. Some of them more false than others. There's one instructor who for years has claimed to be doing the, the martial art of the Roman gladiators or some nonsense. And obviously he's just making that up as he goes along. Um, some of it might be based on historical sources and pictures and stuff, but you know, let's, let's be real. It's not that's not what the gladiators did. Uh, there was I've mentioned before the 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 system called Haikuta, which was invented by a name by a guy named Lee Kroll, and uh, he claimed that Haikuta was the exact system of fighting done by the pharaoh's bodyguards in ancient Egypt. And of course, that's nonsense. One of the one of his claims to historical provenance was that he would show pictures from like Egyptian wall carvings or paintings or whatever and, and he'd be like see they're they're holding their fist with their with their thumb on top and that's how the Haikuta fist is done and it was like you don't think maybe they just drew in a weird way so you know you, there's a lot of ways to interpret ancient drawings and carvings I mean I know there's a lot of people who are convinced that there were ancient spacefaring uh, capsule pilots because the drawings remind them of of you know the the Apollo craft and stuff like that. Um, I read a whole book called Chariots of the Gods, which was devoted to the idea that aliens had visited Earth in biblical times and on through history. Um, people thought a lot of weird stuff in the seventies. In the seventies, people were convinced that the poles were going to shift and a disaster was going to befall the Earth as a result, and we were all going to be plunged into a a new dark age a la Thundar the Barbarian. And if you get that reference, you're my age. Oh, Thundar, I, I wish more people knew about you. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> I'm, I'm off on a, on a Hanna-Barbera tangent, and I keep teasing you with this story. So Scott Babs and, and Libre Fighting, those names come up. And these are people I have a lot of respect for, Scott and his system. And uh, uh, Hema Dork is like, oh, LOL, uh, Libre Fighting is BS. And I wrote back, go be a mustache-twirling douchebag somewhere else. And then 
I put him on restriction on Instagram, which is a really fun feature because it puts their message requests into, or it puts their messages into message requests so you don't see them unless you want to. And any comment they make, it's only visible to you, and Instagram just lists it as this comment is restricted, and you could choose to click on it, or you could choose to ignore it. And so I just went through and deleted them all, because I'm not interested in having arguments with random rude people. Now, understand what we're talking about. You have just gone to the Instagram reel of somebody you don't know and said something negative about someone that they like. You've done that because, according to you, knife fighting ended with George Silver's Paradoxes of Defense, or whatever the, the thing was called. And because it isn't a historical European fencing tradition, it can't possibly be used uh, for, for martial arts and self-defense. <laughs> you know, that's the attitude we're dealing with here. So I took a screen capture of that, and I posted it on my Instagram uh, feed. And I said, nobody likes the guy who dresses like the six-fingered man from The Princess Bride. Don't be that guy. <laughs> and Mr. Hemadork was so offended that he reported the post to Instagram and got it pulled down for quote-unquote harassment. That's the level of maturity we're dealing with. He, is, he was so deeply offended, this post had to come down because he felt harassed. Now, he was not being harassed. He was simply being called out for being rude, and he didn't like it. But then he started jumping up and down, demanding that I respond to him. He challenged me to duel him with shock knives. If you're not aware, shock knives are a, a sparring tool that deliver a mild electric shock so that you know when you got got. Um, there's probably better ways if you want, if you want a quote-unquote knife fight, a sparring session to be, if you want the results to be visible to an, an observing audience, probably the thing to do would be to use marking knives so you can see where the, the marks happen. And that's actually a pretty low-tech solution. <clears throat> Over the years, I've seen that done with everything from lipstick to chalk to markers. Um, I've seen products where it, it almost it's almost like a knife with a strip of marker felt around it that you know, can be soaked in whatever the marking substance is. There's lots of different ways to do that. I mean, over the years, people have found out, found all kinds of different ways to spar with knives. But most importantly, this man's honor had been insulted, and he demanded satisfaction, and he was going to humiliate me in front of all my followers by showing them uh, first how he could show me up in, in text, and then he was going to spar me and, and show the world that... Uh, you know, uh, mustache dork could could beat me. Now, over the years, I've had a number of people who seem to believe that being able to defeat me in a fight meant something. I'm not sure that you're setting the bar high enough for your own achievements. Like, yes, if you can beat up a a middle-aged, overweight desk jockey with bad knees and a heart condition, why, surely you've proven to the world what an immense warrior you are. But more importantly, what we have here is a guy who's so invested in this fantasy of historic European martial arts. And, and I say, I'm not saying historic European martial arts are a fantasy. I'll get to that. But he's so invested in this fantasy, this picture he has of himself, these affectations that he makes for himself, that he's willing to completely be clown and humiliate himself in front of the entire internet because he's mad that a rude comment, a single rude Instagram comment, got called out. I did an entire uh, uh, podcast about the topic of thin skin before. There are a tremendous number of just giant quivering man babies 
who occupy the martial arts world, who cannot in any way abide any criticism. And when criticism is applied to them, they just lose their frigging minds. They just fall apart. Or worse, go on these psychotic internet keyboard commando sprees where they utterly humiliate themselves by obsessing. Now, if you go to this guy's page and he, he uses a page to, inter to uh, interact on Facebook that has something to do with pugilism and, you know, it, it's all sort of dripping in historic European cringe. It's, it's, it's that meme of the, of the fighty guy, the guy with the mustache. Um, I forget the name of that meme, but you know the guy that I'm talking about, the, the, the guy who's like, uh, uh, bourbon, you mean mother's milk or something. You know, the guy who's doing the Marquis of Queensbury rules fighting stance. I forget the name of the meme, but um, it's, it's all laden with that. And so on his page that's already cringeworthy, He's just going on in a post after post after post about what a jerk I am and how I'm a coward because I won't face him in his shock knife duel. And it's like, how do you get anything done? Do you challenge everyone who ever disagrees with your behavior online to a duel? That seems like it would be exhausting. And it's not exactly the behavior of a mature functioning adult. Um, he also posted a video that the title of which is Phil Elmore is a coward. And some of the comments that he posted on my Facebook page had to do with the fact that I wouldn't dare say to his face the, the things that I'm saying now, because I guess the implication is that if I dared to insult his honor, he would thrash me. He would, I would give you the thrashing of a lifetime, sir. First, he'd take out his white glove and he'd smack me with it. Uh, and then he'd challenge me to a duel on the field of honor. And then if I continued to behave as a miscreant, as a brigand, as other terms for bad people that we don't use anymore. Then, why, he would give me the thrashing of a lifetime and show me just what it means to challenge a HEMA enthusiast. <laughs> and if you're not cringing so hard that you're practically breaking your own spine by now, then you are a stronger person than I am. So... <laughs> I, uh, I, I reflected on that for a while, and I thought, you know, this, is, this would make a great topic for a podcast, because what you have here is somebody who's deeply invested in a fantasy. Historical European martial arts is not necessarily a fantasy, but the way this guy sees himself is fantastical. It is a fantasy. It is a, it is a drama that makes him feel special. And I use him as an example, because what we're talking about are a great many people in the martial arts who all tap into their fantasy ideas about themselves. I had a Kung Fu instructor once who I left his school to go train in a different system. He took offense to that and started lying about me on the internet and telling the world all kinds of things about me that simply were not true because he was angry that I left. I think his ego couldn't handle the fact that there was a martial art that I wanted to study more than the one he was teaching. Uh, eventually, he found out the hard way that starting a war of words with somebody who writes professionally is not a good idea. And he eventually had to beg my current teacher to broker a peace between us wherein I would not humiliate him on the Internet anymore. But one of the things he was very upset about was that I started mentioning to people online that his goal of starting a fight club to dojo storm other schools and prove the superiority of his martial art, I thought that was immature. And he didn't want people to know that the, he was like, uh, that was told to you in confidence, this, this fight club. Now, 
down through the years, that became twisted, either because of him or because of people in that internet game of telephone when people repeat things over and over. I've had it. I've had people tell me, "Well, you left that school because you didn't want to spar." I'm like, "No, that's not at all what happened." And I have done. Not only have I done martial arts that involve sparring, I've done close to full contact sparring. I've been punched so hard in sparring that I saw stars and very nearly passed out. Like that's. That wasn't the issue. You know, when I was young and stupid, I was willing to do a lot of abusive things to myself. But people, this illustrates the fantasy element. This guy was more interested in living his life like a kung fu movie, where grown adults dojo storm other people's commercial schools to prove whose martial art is better. He was more interested in that than conducting himself like an adult and maintaining a solvent, a commercially viable business which is what this is. Like, you know, this this wasn't a hobby. This was a business that he was running for his income. So somewhere in there, it never occurred to him to behave like a rational, mature adult. He wanted to live his life like it was a kung fu movie. So pick the flavor of fantasy. You've got all these people involved in the self-defense and martial arts and this whole industry. I call it the industry a lot. And usually what I say, when I say the industry, I'm referring to the, the whole gamut of self-defense and martial arts and everything in between. From the people selling you knives and accessories, to the people selling you training, to the people doing the training, to actual martial arts styles where you can go and train or buy distance training or whatever it is you do these days. Um, you know, back in the old days, it would include like the Paladin Press catalog and TRS video and all that stuff. Some, some things that have come and gone and there's so much lore associated with that and it's so much fun. So really, the problem with people like the Hemodork is not that someone offended them and they must reclaim their honor. It's that they represent a category of human being whose thin is skin is so thin that any criticism sends them spiraling out of control. I cannot tell you the countless examples of martial arts and self-defense people that I have seen down through the last, what is it, 25 years, more? All of those people that I've seen who cannot handle the slightest bit of criticism, it drives them into murderous rages. I've seen people who, there are, there are martial artists I'm aware of, and I use the term with air quotes, whose primary hobby is making videos in which they imply death threats to every single person they don't like, and that list is long. Um, I've, I've personally contended with some of these weirdos. You know, I've had uh, I, uh, Frank Dukes, the guy from Bloodsport, once called me up to threaten to sue me because he didn't like something I wrote, and that turned into a two-hour interview um, you know, th there's so many weirdos in the martial arts world, and it's because the martial arts and self-defense represent a type of personal power that very insecure people don't have. So they believe that by being able to physically fight, they will feel better about themselves. And that's actually, that does work to a point. My own uh, experience with, with becoming competent in the martial arts had that effect. It increased my personal confidence for no rational reason, because when you learn to fight, it's not like you're going to go to work the next day and when your boss is a jerk to you, you're going to go across the conference table and beat the crap out of him. But something about knowing that you could alters your perception and makes you a more confident person. That's how it worked with me. I would have been fired from the job I had at the time when I finally started to develop that confidence because I, was, I had a very abusive boss at the time who actually reminded me a lot of my dad. And, you know, he was, a, he was a sole proprietor. He ran his company in that way that my father ran his businesses when, when he was alive. Um, 
and he felt he could be, treat people however he wanted, and that was often very negative. And as I became more competent and stopped putting up with people's crap, um, things started to get real uncomfortable around the office. And I had a I had a coworker who sat next to me. I really liked her. She had a lot of a lot of insight. She was a graphic artist, and uh, I mentioned something about how people were being weird. You know, upper management, including this boss, was was being weird. And she looked at me and she said something like, you, you don't notice what's going on? I'm like, what are you talking about? And she said, well, it's obvious that you're not going to let them push you around anymore. That's not how she said it, but that's the sentiment she got across. I don't want this to sound too flattering. Uh, but basically, my own behavior had changed in a way that let them know I wasn't going to tolerate just being casually abused, and it made them uncomfortable. And if not for the fact that that boss moved to another state to open a branch office in his retirement, semi, sort of his semi-retirement, if we had still been interacting every single day, I would have been fired because sooner or later he would have said something abusive and I would have said, you know what? And it's been my experience that any sentence that starts with, you know what, with the pointing finger, that's going to go nowhere good. And I've there's been a few times that I've, I've started a sentence with pointing and going, you know what? And uh, usually that's when a door closes so that a window can open. <laughs> so... Eventually, I left that job under my own power and went somewhere else, but that's not important to the story. So you have all of these guys, Hemodork included, who their, their egos are so invested in the fantasy of what it is they think they do that they cannot see themselves objectively. I saw just the first few seconds of this guy's video about what a coward I am, and I cringe so hard just looking at his his weird face and the hat he was wearing and just... I, I just, it was so bad. It was awful. And I'm like, this is a grown man whose life, his entire life has been obsessed with wanting to duel me. Think about how ridiculous that is. Regardless of the fact that he wants to use shock knives, um, this man is so offended that someone disagreed with him on Instagram that he wants to challenge them to a duel to prove that he's right. Um, and if you if you look on his Instagram wall, there was a post that kind of points to why this guy has such a problem. Uh, it, one of his posts said something like, are, are there any examples of Libre or Piper being used for self-defense? Because, uh, you know, uh, European and I forget what, what traditions of fencing he was talking about, but like, let's say Spanish and Italian fencing have long proven histories, but these, these new systems don't. And I, I thought to myself, yes, because clearly it's never been the case that someone quickly and uh, pragmatically stab someone. <laughs> like, yeah, nobody's used a knife since George Silver wrote his book. Um, th th it's never happened. So what you get are these people who were so mired in their, their traditions and their historical affectations and their ideas of what they think they're doing that not only can they not handle criticism, but the idea that something could happen outside the framework of their beliefs has never occurred to them. And it, it handicaps their ability to think about these topics. It handicaps their ability to accept criticism and develop, which ties back to the podcast I did about thin skin. You might want to listen to that one if you haven't. Um, because these are people who clearly, their skins are so thin they're transparent. They are unable to deal with the reality of the world. So anytime they butt up against an idea that they don't agree with, it sends them into a tailspin and they've got to start challenging people to duels. And I got to tell you, man, that's not only no way to live your life, but it doesn't, uh, it's not positive. It doesn't uh, reflect well on the tradition you do. 
Like you, Hema Dork, as a representative representative of all historical European martial arts, you're doing a bad job. You are not making historical European martial arts look good. We're all lucky that I know plenty of people in Hema who are great people, and I, I like the stuff they do. Um, and I want to say there was some other Hema Dork. And I've forgotten his name, but he was a pretty big name who had a problem with my book Street Sword, specifically because it wasn't tied to some traditional historical reference. I'd forgotten all about that until this moment. Um, but it also, it's, it was the same reaction when I published that book in the early 2000s through Paladin Press. It's, it was the same reaction I got from traditional Japanese martial arts guys, Iido guys and Kendo guys who, who didn't like that I was doing something that wasn't tied to a tradition. I actually got banned from a Japanese martial arts forum specifically for having published that book. And it was the same reaction. It was that same inability to separate your fantasies about what you do from the reality of the world. Uh, life is a lot more pragmatic than a lot of these people would like to admit. And real life, in real life, you can't run around the internet challenging people to duels. Sooner or later, that behavior is going to become not sustainable. I, the people who, I, I don't know why, I try so hard not to create new enemies, and yet just a random Instagram, I'm always one random Instagram comment away from being challenged to a knife duel, apparently. And I don't understand how that keeps happening. But at the end of the day, there's just a lot of weird, sad people out there who don't know how to conduct themselves as adults. And you're lucky that it's me that you've decided to freak out at. Because I'm a decent guy. I'm a normal, sane guy. Sooner or later, you're going to challenge the wrong psychopath to a duel, and they're just going to come find you and bad things are going to happen. It's happened before. So don't do that. Don't pick fights with random weirdos on the internet. Um, again, we're all, you know, I'm a nice guy, and that's awesome. Like, nobody has to worry about anything. Just, just don't. Please, for the love of God, run your life in a more sustaining way, like an adult. Uh, that's all I have to say on that topic. I just I had to I had to podcast about this because it's so ridiculous. Uh, there are a lot of people out there running their lives in a rooted in fantasy in a way that simply is not sustainable. Because sooner or later you're gonna you're gonna run into somebody who's willing to take you up on the offer, and you're not gonna like what happens. Uh, uh, and that's why I try to mind my own business. And even I, like I said, you're always one random Instagram comment away from being challenged to a knife duel. Okay, that's going to do it for this edition of the Martial Arts Podcast. I have been Phil Elmore. This has been the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. Until next time, tell them I said something cool here. This has been the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. Visit us online at linktree slash Elmore.